Welcome back to Conspiracy What? Uh, today we are going to be talking about some mysterious mysteries. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, some some cavern Houdinis, people that just go disappearing in caves and cave-like systems and all of the scary stuff that goes along with that and some really weird ones. There's one I was going to include and then I realized it was not a mystery because he didn't disappear. He was just, they just put him in concrete and left him in the cave. So. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. It's a long. That's, a, oh, I think you told. I told I told Ali about it one up. time. Yeah, some guy he got he was he was spelunking and he got stuck and he couldn't go back and he was facing this way and they couldn't pull him out without killing him and eventually he kind of just went into a coma. So they just covered the con the cave with concrete to make sure nobody could go down that path again and his body's still there because they couldn't get him out. Oh my so. god! Yeah, it's yeah, a terrible that story. Like That's the short the version of it too. Things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, there's a there's a whole there's a whole sequence of events that happened. Like he stayed alive for quite a while, so it's not just like a, he went in there, died, and then they came there and he was dead. Oh no, oh, it's a very no. long, terrible series of events. Yeah, that's, that's so, a great intro. Great, yeah, awesome, great. yay! Thumbs up to that intro. All right. Anyway, caves are scary, and people do go missing around them. Um, one of the more. Your name? Hmm? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm Cameron. If if you haven't listened to this before, I'm Allie, and I'm Sarah. Yay. Okay. So anyway, caves—they're scary. Uh, if you've never been in one, then you, I guess I guess you wouldn't know outside of movies. But they are terrifying. They can be. One of the things that I did want to talk about and just bring up right at the beginning is this whole thing has been garnering a lot of attention lately because people did a whole map thing where they overlaid a bunch of missing people with a bunch of cave systems and they look very similar uh they don't look exact but they do look very similar so a lot of people go missing along cave systems however this map also uh one of the things i did see said that it didn't fully encompass all of the missing people across the country too just mostly focused on missing people across the cave systems so but it is interesting None there are still plenty well i mean technically at any point in time most likely you're standing over the top of a cave. Just Don't depends on how high above the cave you're standing. And if you live in Florida, right. you could be a couple inches between you and a death drop. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, current events. Yeah. Uh, so oh, I'm never leaving my house again. Thanks. I'm just not going to. Or maybe you should. That's yeah, you never fair. know. There's that guy in Florida whose house was swallowed by a cavern when it opened I mean, up top. It's full of all kinds of great stories. I know lots of bad cave stories because I look them up and read about them. Anyway, just kind of as a quick overview of the types of dangers you can find in a cave. Uh, before we go into people that are missing, and this is kind of just a precursor to maybe why they're missing. So there's animals, obviously, in caves. There's lots of animals, uh, lots of terrifying ones. Uh, there's crevices. That's one of the scariest things because you can just kind of be walking. You can just fall into nothingness. To the center um, of the earth. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you just fall straight down. Right in the hollow um, earth. Yeah, there is there's mm -hmm. one, I think it's in Carlsbad Caverns, where like you can't see that anything's there and then they like shine a light on it so that way you can see that it's just like a hundred foot death drop. So yeah, caves are fun. Uh, there's some all kinds of horrible gases in caves that mean you can't go in there. There's plenty of toxic caves. 
uh, to kind of zoom down the list here, just to go along with toxic caves. There's also something called snot tight, which I had never heard of. I did not know it was a thing. That is thing. not a very creative name, I gotta say. No, but when you see the pictures of it, you kind of see why. It literally just looks like snot hanging from a ceiling. Uh, it is microbial <laughs> bacteria, and they are extremophiles, and they live inside of a toxic cave in Mexico. Tasty. Yep, and they drip down from the cave. They cover themselves in this material to protect themselves from the environment. It's really kind of interesting. Can I have to Google this? Kind of fun. Uh, there's also the possibility of a cave-in. That's something that's fun as well. It does happen. It's happened to people in the past. It happens more in mines than anything else because those are uh, hand-built caves. are usually unstable. And then, of course, there's monsters. You never know. I mean, the Greeks believed in them. Plenty of people do. Uh, there's Medusa to go along with monsters. And then there's also a real-life Medusa that's a 33-foot anaconda that was found inside of a cave in Brazil. So... That, that's kind of cool. I saw them picking it up with a crane. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, there's also mummies. Plenty of mummies. <laughs> but they don't do anything. That we know of. Unless they, like, unless it started with, like, ten mummies, and now it's, like, a hundred because the mummies themselves. It's a possibility. Or if you read a curse or something like that, and then they suddenly reanimate. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. It happens all the time. Yeah. The, and, and like to go along with curses, there's also weird things like I read about the crone statue, which is like some weird statue that has nails through the eyes and it has a noose around its neck and some mm, guys mm-hmm. just found it in a cave and they put it on their mantle in their living room, apparently. Yeah. So. Wait, what? <laughs> so that one's kind of fun, too. Uh, yeah, there's also softball-sized spiders. One of these was found not too long ago The in um, Baja. They found a softball-sized uh-huh. spider. Looks like a tarantula. It's adorable. Cute. They said that they actually knew that they were already there, but they had only ever found exoskeletons. They had never found the real thing. So then they finally found a couple of them. Uh, there's also ghosts. Uh, one of the most famous ones supposedly for ghosts is Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. That is apparently I've riddled been there. with ghosts. Well, you might be haunted then. Uh, and then also alien skulls in Croatia or Russia, somewhere around there, it, depending on which news article I read, uh, where it came from. This one guy has a skull that is triangular in shape, has two weird eyes and a mouth coming down at the bottom. It looks almost like a shark's tooth in shape, like with a jaw at the bottom and two eyes. Really weird. Really odd. Maybe in a future episode, we'll go further into that because I have not looked it up much. So I'm imagining like a, like a hammerhead shark kind of situation. That's not triangle. I was imagining a tortilla chip person. There you go. Sure. Yeah. Just a fluffy tortilla chip person that's hardened over time. Uh, Yeah. So those are all the things that can be dangerous inside of a cave. Um, You never know what you might find. They're kind of fun, kind of terrifying. You really just never know. But anyway, let's get into the mysteries of all of this. Also, in doing research for this, um, some of these do uh, overlap with all the conspiracy theories around uh, state park disappearances. Mm-hmm. But we will save specifically state park disappearances for another episode because that's that's like a whole nother thing. <laughs> I mean, there are entire podcasts dedicated to state park disappearances, which yeah. is fantastic. Uh, makes me not want to do that anymore. Yeah, they're kind of terrifying, to be honest. Super Uh, dangerous, yeah. Yeah, like, really, really dangerous. How many people, I mean, I know it's, like, hundreds, but is there, like, an actual amount of people? I didn't look. I mean, I know. disappear every year? Yeah. I know there's quite a few every year. It's got to be hundreds. I mean, I'd assume hundreds, if not, like, I mean, 
across the country, like maybe into like a thousand or so, at least every year. I know that one year had like 1600 people that went missing total in state parks, which, you know, for a myriad of reasons, whether it's animal or person or caves or aliens or Bigfoot or chupacabra, whatever you want to go with. There's lots of options. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about the first case. Cool. Okay. So the first case incorporates many different things that you're probably afraid of. So dark, scary, um, claustrophobic spaces, also being underwater, and also, worst of all, being in Florida. So the first case that we just lost all of our listeners in Florida. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, you know. they, they probably do. So the first case that we looked into was the case of Ben McDaniel. He was born in the 1980s to a wealthy family. And he went through some hard times. His construction business failed, he got divorced, he owed $50,000 to the IRS, and his brother, um, Paul, died at the age of 22 suddenly from a stroke. So he was going through some hard times. And as a result, he, his parents decided that they would let him live in their, uh, their beach house and kind of take it a little while to work on his mental health, kind of take care of himself, things like that, and he accepted. Fortunately and unfortunately, the house was very near a place called Vortex Cave, and there is just this massive opening in the ground filled with water, and people can go and cave dive. He loved to do that, and he was actually an aspiring diving instructor. He wasn't certified at the time of his dives, and he made the grave mistake of going down to this area that was normally covered with great because it was so dangerous and he dived in that area anyway um so one day he decided or one evening rather he decided to take a dive and never came back still hasn't been found and he went missing in april of 2010 dang yeah Yeah. so it's been like over a decade yeah and to make this worse too he this is an area like you said it's usually gated um and the reason why they even gated this is because they've had over a dozen disappearances and deaths since the 90s it's so when people started diving down because you have to be experienced to go into these tunnels because for anyone who doesn't know you do not go cave diving without experience you most people with experience usually wouldn't go cave diving alone if anything else but uh yeah a lot of people disappeared but to make this worse they did have a gate on there because of this and one of the guys working at the shop there he knew ben and because he knew him he gave him a key to get into the gate even though he knew he wasn't actually certified what a mistake yeah well in the the kind of the situation gets even stranger because first of all he was diving in the evening and when two days later it didn't nobody knew that he was missing until two days later when they saw that his truck was still in the parking lot they went down to the gated area because like you said cameron that they knew that he would often go to the restricted area and they found two air tanks down there the problem with the air tanks was that they were full of pure oxygen they didn't have any of the mixture that you normally would need to go on these kind of dives especially the technical dives that he was researching and his family said they that he would have known the proper air and gas combinations, but these were just fully oxygen. That's and crazy. his truck, his truck also had his wallet in it and $700 inside, so it wasn't a robbery or anything like that. They really think he did go down there. But why were the tanks down there that could have no 
reason they wouldn't have helped him even if he were going diving yeah yeah i read that it's possible that he dropped them to avoid decompression sickness on his way up they do that sometimes apparently they'll drop their tanks in that specific spot to try and get up faster and avoid decompression sickness and that's how they determined that they were his because they didn't know who else they would have belonged to but it's still a question it's still a question of like if he dropped those tanks then and he got back up anyway then where is he which would be a little bit weird and if he didn't drop those tanks and he's in the caves then where is he why did he have the tanks in in the first place like sarah said i mean yeah i mean a lot of divers (laughs) they do carry multiple different tanks and everything but to have tanks just full of oxygen wouldn't have served any purpose for him I mean, anyway. can't you, like, get high off of pure oxygen? Like, your body yes. can't really <laughs> metabolize pure oxygen very well. Correct. It cannot. Um, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute, about the theories of what may have happened to him, because I just, something you said triggered a, oh, that might be a reason why. Um, theories. But his, like we said earlier, his family was wealthy, and they put thousands of dollars into having their son found. They, 16 divers searched the cave for him. The police did 30 different tests of the water to see if there was any human decomposition and they couldn't find anything. And unfortunately, one diver, Larry Higginbottom, actually lost his life trying to search for Ben, which is just tragic. If um, some of the theories are true, that would make it even worse. So are you, do you guys want to talk about the theories or do you have anything else to speculate about this disappearance? Well, there were, there were a couple of weird things too that go along with all of those details. Um, one of them, so one of the people that actually went down to dive was the owner, the newest owner of the park, who he said that he searched every single known crevice that he could. And he said he even searched the ones that would have been too small for the guy to get through. Because another thing about Ben is that he was about 6'1". So he's huge. So a lot of the crevices that usually people would get stuck in where they wouldn't be able to get out, he wouldn't have been able to get through in the first place, which is even more confusing. Hmm. So, and the the guy who owns it is extremely experienced in those underwater tunnels, probably more than anyone else. And Hmm. he said he literally searched every single place and he came to the conclusion that there is no body down there. Is he the same one that mapped the cave itself? Because I read that um, the family hired the guy who originally mapped Vortex Caves. So I don't know if he's the one who originally mapped it. He's not the original owner of it. I know that. Um, the guy who originally owned it is a whole nother problem. Did you read about the guy who owned I it? I did, yeah. Yeah, he's a <laughs> he whole nother trouble. issue. Yeah. Uh, before him, though, I did want to say part of the reason why they did decomposition tests on the water is because the dogs that they brought kept mm-hmm. circling them back to the water. It just straight on the shores. So they were really surprised to not find any evidence of decomposition because that's where the dogs were taking them every single time. So really, really odd scenario, yeah. But uh, do we want to talk about the guy real quick? The guy who owned it before? Yeah, yeah. So the original owner, not the person The who... very original owner who was- okay, I didn't see anything about him, so uh, yeah. he was... didn't tell. <laughs> yeah. His uh, name was Lil Carey. Yeah. Lil Carey? Lol, L O. I think it was like L O W E L. Maybe I don't know if that's how you spell it, but there's a street with that name here, so that's what I'm going with. Oh my God! Not right. like a not like a rap name. <laughs> yeah, not like I Lil Carrie. No. Yeah, not like Lil Carrie. Like Lowell. He kind of lived that life though. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. He did. So he was an interesting guy. He, one of the, one of the quickest stories, just to, just the easiest way to get to know who he was. He was accused by a former employee of, um, he apparently took him out to the nearby woods and beat him with a baseball bat. Uh, and the guy did manage to get away and then took his family away and never came back again. But that's just kind of an example of who this guy was. So he was known to be very odd, have a lot of kind of weird dealings. Supposedly he was a very shady human being. And, uh, weirdly enough, he only, he died only two years later, mysteriously from head trauma in mm-hmm. his own bed, in his mm-hmm. own home, which is so- very odd. The story goes that he was at a barbecue at Vortex Springs and fell down the stairs and bumped his head and went to bed and didn't get up in the morning, which is a bad idea. If you have a concussion, don't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But did that really happen? I didn't hear of anybody here like being present at him falling down the stairs or anything. So did the ghost of Ben McDaniel come back and take care of business or I don't know? Well, supposedly the police refused to even consider investigating it as a homicide as well, which is odd since he died of head trauma in his own home. It mm-hmm. seems like something you'd investigate. And the private investigator that was working at the time uh, with the Ben McDaniel case was hired by the family, uh, really wanted them to look at the other guy's case as a homicide, but they wouldn't. They just wanted it to be an open and shut case. So mm-hmm. that's what it became. So really weird situation. But yeah, uh, do you want to go more into the theories, Sarah? So one of the first theories was brought about by other divers saying that he was possibly swept away by a current, which I am not a diver. My sister is. I wish she were here to tell, to, to correct me if anything is wrong. But I guess there are currents inside caves and I can't imagine you're just diving in everything and a current suddenly sucks you into the cave or out through the cave. I mean, it's called Vortex Cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, right? It's it, just, that just, oh, it's horrifying. Absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um, the other theory is that he went missing on purpose to avoid debt, which would be um, kind of an intense way to do it. Just, But I, if you really wanted to go missing, you leave your tanks at the bottom and they're completely useless. So you don't spend any money on filling them up with expensive gases. Although the money in his car was still there. So I don't know why he would just yeah. leave that. That would right. be a good idea to take with you. Or, or why he had that much. Cause you said 700. I read a couple places that was a thousand. So it was anywhere from 700 mm. to a thousand dollars, but why even have that much in cash? No one even brought up why he needed to have that much money. If all he was doing was just going diving that day, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's very odd. I mean, he came from a rich family. Maybe that's what rich people do. I will never know. But he, but he was also $48,000 in debt. So it's very confusing about why he would have that much cash on him at Mm -hmm. any one point in time, but also come from a rich family and be in debt like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of weird thing. And then, like you said, they ended up spending a ton of money on this too. Yeah. which probably could have just erased his debt in the first place. It's a whole confusing thing. Yeah. Have they um, found any of the other people that went missing in this cave? Or is this like a common thing where people like go missing and then that's it? That's a good question. I did not look into that. I have not ever heard of them not finding a body in the vortex. I think they usually do find them. It takes a long time sometimes. But as far as I know, they found all of the bodies in that cave. Except for this guy. Is, this is the only one I've heard. Yeah, that they haven't. 
because I've heard of cases from Vortex before. One of the final bits of information I found interesting about this was that a diver named Jill Heiner actually found his dive logs. And originally, the divers who went in said, we went so far, there's no way he possibly could have gotten any farther than this. But then when his dive logs were found, it was clear that he had gotten past a lot of the places that the other divers checked. And she thinks it's entirely possible that he still is in the cave. Yeah, I did read that there are some people that do think that he is still in the cave and that he might just be like covered up by sand or something like that or dirt or whatever. And that his body is there. They just they just can't see it. So I'm, I mean, my brain's just imagining like a whole nother section of this cave that you that they haven't found yet. And I guess he just got sucked into it or something. I don't know. But my yeah. brain is also full of horror movie stuff. So I mean, or a monster definitely grabbed him. Yes. Mm-hmm. The monster of the vortex. Ooh. <laughs> um, so basically people should stop going cave diving underwater. Yeah, it's so dangerous, you guys. Lots of issues with that. Yeah, he's the only one that has not been found, it looks like. Oh, okay, so you looked that up. That's what I I looked it up real quick just to see. Um, Oh, yeah, no, he is the only one. Someone else died in the cave in 2012, but they found the body. So, yeah, Vortex is a fun place. It's a... Don't go there. Don't go to Florida, then you don't have to go there. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get in trouble for... um, getting their tourism trade room or something like that. I'm just imagining that millions of people are listening right now. So, <laughs> um, Well, we can rag on the next place as much as you want, because I permit you to as somebody from Nevada. Um, oh. uh, yeah, so this, is, this next one's kind of an area of 51 Nevada desert cave case. Yeah. The, the Kenny Veach case, which is one of my favorite disappearance cases. It's one of the most interesting out there. It is a great one. Yeah. Um, I actually just rewatched a video on this not that long ago, like a couple, like about a month ago or so, because it pops up periodically and I always watch it because it's just such a weird, unusual case. And he had already found a lot of unusual things in the desert with well, how much time he had spent out there. Um, he was well known for just being an experienced hiker in the Nevada desert in general. He mostly did it outside of the Las Vegas area, it seems like, um, or at least that was his favorite place to go, according to some of his videos that I've watched on YouTube. It was, it's just the place he talks about the most. He would do, at times, like 20-mile hikes. He said the one time he did a 20-mile hike in a day just to... Oh go gosh. back to his car mad so experienced madman but See, yes a mad at least man, at least i'm from the part of nevada where it's not blazing hot all year round but this psycho is hiking <laughs> through the hot nevada desert <laughs> oh yeah like blazing Which, hot yeah no thank you yeah he wore snake guards uh he wore sun protection they had water that they brought with them which his girlfriend maybe we'll get into her uh maybe his girlfriend uh, said that he would often bring plenty of water, but that by the time they were done at the end of the trip, even after like two or three days, he wouldn't have had very much of it. So he was kind of an oddball, a little bit of a strange man. He mostly brought, and this is kind of important, uh, usually just camping supplies and his camera. He wasn't big on bringing like weapons or anything like that. I mean, like he had like knives and stuff like that, but he didn't usually bring a gun, uh, which yeah. is something that will come up in this and he also knew this area extremely well which is why he mostly just brought camping gear he was also one of the very 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 few people that were that was out in this area he wasn't ever on a trail he was just somewhere which is a really 
kind of weird thing with him. Well, another thing that I read about him that kind of added to the hubris of his character was that he would not bring a compass. He wouldn't bring maps. He wouldn't bring any sort of navigational guides. He just trusted the fact that he knew where he was and he was going to find his way out, which is a kind of... <laughs> I, I can't understand that kind of attitude where you think you are impervious to... What is this, the Mojave Desert or something? Yeah, Mojave mm-hmm. Desert. Just, wow, uh, there's there's a reason this guy is missing. <laughs> every sagebrush and every stupid hill looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So unless you have something on the horizon that you're following, I well, can't imagine it's very easy to navigate. That's the thing, though, is he was experienced, so he knew how to follow the sun. He knew how to tell which direction he was going. That can, I mean, like completely change what's going on for you. Well, this is also a terrible place to hike because as we will talk about, there are mine shafts everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Typically very full of rattlesnakes. Yeah, which is that's how this whole thing started, right? So it was um it was a supposedly it started with he told his online fan base that he had found a very odd cave in the shape of an M while he was hiking somewhere near a military base. Uh, he said he entered this cave and his entire body vibrated. And he said as he went further in, the vibration got worse, so he left. It freaked him out. It was apparently one of the very few caves that's ever freaked him out like this. And he didn't have his camera with him because sometimes he didn't bring his camera, which is also important for later. Uh, but sometimes he didn't bring his camera on these trips. He just brought his camping supplies and he went out there just by himself. It's something he would Aliens. do. Aliens. But... People claimed that he was lying. They said that he was telling a story to try and get more viewers. So they said he needs to go back and he needs to prove to them that it's there. So he said, fine, whatever, I'll do it because I'm very experienced, which is where he did get uh, he did get a reply that was very odd and very ominous. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone saying, don't go back in there or you won't come back, essentially. So and he actually responded with, why not? And they didn't respond from what I could find. So probably just a random youtube comment probably someone joking around hard to say in the world of conspiracies because you can take anything as anything uh but this is so this was one of my favorite uh facts about this whole thing that i think makes this all the more creepy like we said he brought camping supplies and a camera he wasn't big on like bringing weapons and stuff like that when he went back to go find the m cave he brought a gun with him he was very armed he even makes a point to point that out in the videos that he is armed this time because he says in the video that he got really freaked out by it and he didn't really know what it was so whatever it was it scared the hell out of him yeah really really odd and he did make a couple treks this is not so i see i did see a couple of stories where people are like he only went back one time and then he disappeared and that actually isn't true he actually went back multiple times to try and find this mk he kept he, he could not find it for the life of him. Mm-hmm. And people were calling him a bad explorer and a bad spelunker and all of that because he didn't keep track of the caves that he found. So Allegedly, people were calling bullshit. He really knew this area very well, which makes it all the weirder that he couldn't find this thing again. I don't really think that makes it weird. As someone who like used to go around without maps and just explore the forest, sometimes you can't find things again that you found that you thought were really interesting, or sometimes you'll stumble upon them way later. And I did not travel the distance this guy did. So I never traveled more than like three miles away from my house. So I mean, that's even a, a better excuse for needing to bring a map or a compass or something with you. Even if you're yeah. going by the stars and stuff, if you can't find the same cave twice, 
probably need some navigational equipment with you. Stop pretending like you're such a cool guy and pretend <laughs> you're a human. We get it. You're cool, but use a map or something for God's sakes. No, that's absolutely. So you fair. don't end up disappeared and on a bunch of random people's podcast in Colorado. Eventually, after multiple times of going back, he does go back one more time, which will be this last time, and he does not bring the camera with him this time. He brings a cell phone, he supposedly brings some gear, and he goes to the same place that it seems like he usually does, and he took the same route. He had a very specific route that he would first take, from what I understand, that went about four miles out to a specific mine shaft, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. And then from there, he would spread in multiple different directions. But it seemed like that was kind of like a home base for him, mm-hmm. like he knew where that was. So then after he found it, so then he would just continually use it and then just trek off of that. Um, he was also very detailed in his videos. I watched a couple today just to kind of see. And he was very detailed in his videos about where he would go. I mean, as detailed as someone without a map can be, he would point in the direction. That rock over there hand. on the right. No, he would really literally. He'd be like, over there. over there. He'd be like, you can't see it on the camera. And I don't have a way to show it to you, but it's really far and it's off that direction. Um, so he goes out and this is where things get weird. He disappears after, I can't remember how many days. Do you know how many days, Sarah, he was gone? It, uh, I think it was just a couple. I think it was four days Okay, he yeah. was gone. I didn't think it was very long at all. Um, so supposedly he was gone for a very short amount of time in terms of his hikes. It was like three or four days, something like that. And he... Uh, someone, his girlfriend, his supposed girlfriend, calls in to the police and says that he's missing, and then they mount a search the day after. Because, you know, that's always the best thing to do. Wait 24 Mm. hours, feel it out if that person's missing, and that way they can be missing for longer and harder to find. Um, Yeah. Typical typical police and search parties and all of that. It's it's a huge issue, honestly. Uh, But anyway, they end up finding his cell phone by the mine that's in his videos. By and a vertical mine shaft. Yes, wow, by a very what? vertical mine shaft that goes pretty deep in. Um, I watched not only his video, but I watched someone else's video. And I will go into that here in just a minute because there are some weird things that I found that I think are a bit strange uh, between the two I've videos. I've been looking between these two pictures over and over again. <laughs> Yeah. It's like one find the difference. There's two in the outline. The, under the Kenny. Oh, the caves? Yeah. Yeah. The, I, yeah. I, I grabbed some uh, screen grabs, which. I don't like the yeah. setup of ladders. Yeah. I'll, so I'll talk so about creepy. this here in just a minute. Uh, it's really weird. But anyway, so they found his phone by this. So this, this meant that they needed a search party. So they took a huge search party. They took it all across his known areas, all across the areas that he mentioned in his videos. They took a long time to search for him. And they also searched the mine shaft. However, they searched the mine shaft in a very—I don't want to say lazy, but Didn't lazy. They just like, but lazy way. There. They essentially yeah. worked cameras they, down. Like never actually sent anybody in there. Just cameras. So nobody ever went down there. Nope. Only a camera did. They don't know if anyone can get down there, which I'm going to get into because there's an issue with that. Uh, but apparently this cave is too dangerous to go into and you can't really get down these rungs on this ladder because it's very old and they don't think it would support someone. Yeah, There's a lot of what I read. Wood. So that's why the search party wouldn't go down there. Not that they don't have, you know, pulleys and stuff to lower uh, someone no. into the cave. You don't like, need equipment. You can lower a camera. You can pry lower a person. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay, so it's not the same thing. <laughs> well, no, it's not. But I'm saying with search parties, usually you have equipment like that. Anyway, so his so the, this was kind of like a main point because at first they thought he probably went into this mine shaft and like 
maybe he disappeared down there or whatever while he was searching for his cave. Uh, but this is where things get a little weird. So the mine shaft isn't really, like I said, nearby any trail. So it's not something that a random person is going to stumble upon. At most, probably the only people that would be able to find it are the people that watch his videos. Like, easily, at least, if nothing else. Well, isn't this, like, four miles off of any, like, actual road so, you can get to with a car? And who knows if this is even a road? Because this is... He says in his video specifically, it's four miles from where he parked his truck. And this is the type of man that I could totally see parking his truck very, very far off the road. So who knows how far into the middle of the desert this actually was. Uh, but it was about four miles from where he would typically park his truck. Um, so... This is where I want to talk about this real quick before we go into kind of like theories about what happened. One thing that I think is really interesting between the two cave videos that I found, one is someone retracing his steps. And this person takes a video of the same mine shaft that uh, Kenny does back in 2014. Kenny took this video and this newest one comes from 2021. It was posted in April. So these are a pretty good distance apart from each other year wise. But in Kenny's video, there's a certain set of ladders that go down and it's definitely the same cave between the two because there's little, like you pay attention, there's like a board off to the right side on the bottom one of our picture. We'll put this in the newsletter. Yeah, um, you guys then, have to see these pictures. They yeah, are terrifying. Yeah, and then there's, there's, there's that same board on the very bottom of Kenny's video with the same mark in it. So that's how you know for sure that this is the right cave. Um, you got the same details, but the ladders are different. And not only are the ladders mm -hmm. different in both videos, Kenny's video only has technically three ladders. It's got the main one going down from the top and then another one right below that. And then a smaller one that's kind of leaned up against it. And then in the other guy's video, there's those ladders, but and then another. there's another. And if you look closely, you'll see that even with the other ladders, there's the main one, then the secondary one, and then there's a there's a third leaned up against the secondary and then another leaned up against that. So there's actually two extra ladders there, which is really, really odd. And one of the ladders is a pretty good size too. It's not small by any means compared to like everything that's down there. So it's really odd. That means that at some point between these seven years, someone has not only gone down there, but they have added two ladders. And the fact that anyone has even gone into this thing mm -hmm. is a little terrifying because it's not built to go into anymore. It probably is something no one should have ever gone into in the first place, but you know, crazy miners. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really odd. I tried to identify more details. From what I could tell, there's two barrels off to the left side of this newest one. And at least one of those barrels isn't in Kenny's video because he does show a little bit higher up on the frame at one point. You don't see the barrel. So those two barrels, one of them has at least been moved, if nothing else. So someone's definitely been down there since. It looks like in the top picture that you're showing, it kind of looks like one of the barrels is right next to the rock. Yeah, cropping I can there. see that, yeah. And there's definitely nothing there in the other video or the other screen grab. Yeah. No, there's there's definitely like there's ample enough evidence for you to be positive that someone's been down there. Mm -hmm. But it's just it's really odd because we know for sure one hundred percent it was not the search party. Because originally that's what I thought. But they absolutely would not go down there. Because it wasn't well, and it's obvious that it's the same cave too. It's not yeah. like we're looking at two different cave systems. Yeah, which was another that was what I thought originally, but there's there's enough to tell that it's the same one. So yeah, really weird thing that I noticed. We'll put it in the newsletter so people can see. Yeah. Because I think it's I think it's really really 
interesting to see the stills right next to each other. And I just screen grabbed these from the video. There wasn't anything I could find that put both of those together. It wasn't anything I noticed in, any, in things that people had written either. It's just something that I happened to notice while watching both of them. So <laughs> look at yeah, you. All right. Really, really investigation. weird thing. A little bit of investigation there, just because I was very curious. I feel like the girlfriend has oh, she's she's coming up now and I don't know, like mm-hmm. she's very suspicious. Sharon <laughs> Pilgrim is Pilgrim how she spells her name. Yeah, Sharion. This is really weird. Sharion. Uh, so originally I, I when I first heard about this case, I heard his girlfriend said that she's pretty sure she knows what happens to him and all these things. And I was like, okay. And then as I dove deeper into it for this episode, uh, I never really realized the weird details around her. For one, she claims to have been his girlfriend. However, from what I could find, there isn't really anyone in his family that was like, yeah, that's his girlfriend. Well, what I saw with that is they, they worded it specifically in one of the articles that we have here where he had, I guess this guy in like some of his videos had talked about a girlfriend, but he never really said anything specific about her. Mm-hmm. And then she comments on something saying, I'm the girlfriend in his videos and here's what happened. On his last YouTube post. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she comments on that video and she says that he had gone through a big bout of depression and that he was struggling with suicidal thoughts, which is all, these are all things that apparently came out at some point not too long before he suddenly disappeared um and that he told her supposedly no one would ever find me if i were to commit suicide that's not a direct quote from her but that's just the Mm -hmm. gist of what it was um so she says in her post very she's very cavalier about this to a point that's very strange it's like this huge paragraph she ends it with a smile too which is weird yeah Uh, talking about her i mean this is right when he disappeared so yeah this was her her comment was on december 10th of 2014 and he disappeared november 10th 2014 yeah so she didn't take very long to just go on there and give a huge paragraph about who she is and why she's important uh and she may have been his girlfriend i'm not going to say that she's not i know there are some people out there like the where is kenny l veach's facebook page uh they claimed that she probably wasn't his girlfriend and that she needs to be looked at further uh i don't know about that but what i do know is that her comment is very very weird and then she goes on to say that he that she was scared that he was going to commit suicide once she noticed that his camera had been left at home she said later i guess talking to someone else that that was one of the things that tipped her off to that he might not be okay after being gone for like three or four days or however long he was gone uh, but as we talked about, he actually often went without his camera. She claimed that he never did, but we know for a fact he did because in his videos and in his comments and on his Facebook page, he mentioned that. So, right, like the first time, the very first time he went to MK, if he didn't have his camera with him. Right. So we know for sure that he was, I mean, he would often go without his camera, it seems like. I doubt he brought it with him every single time. It's just extra stuff he has to bring. Yeah. So, so that was a really weird comment for her to make. And she... It's not just that she's like, I'm afraid he committed suicide. It's that she's so definitive. Mm-hmm. She's positive he committed suicide. Yeah. She's like, that's and what she, happened, so case is solved. And she's and she's basically like, well, that's what he wanted. So that's what yeah. happened. That's, well, and did you hear about why she thought that he might have done it? Like what his, why he would have done it out there? I don't think so. So from what I heard, it's that uh, when, he, when, when he was in his 20s, 
his father committed suicide in their family home and he found his oh. dad. And so apparently, according to her, he said that he would never be found if he committed suicide because he did not want to have something similar happen to him, even though he didn't have kids as far as I know. Um, but he didn't want to commit suicide in the house like his father. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I do remember reading that. It's, it is, it's, I don't know. A lot of what she says is very suspect. It's very odd. It, and it's, it's not just that she says it, it's that for one, it's in a YouTube comment of all right. things to make a to yeah, like make why a, you just, like, big make a statement video and explain it at least that would be a little more credible than anything else yeah and you can still go find this youtube comment uh it is still on his final thing nobody deleted it or anything like that so it is still yeah. there um but she's definitely a little suspect to me just because of how she handled the whole thing and she had to proclaim herself as his girlfriend this had not been known before even though he did tons of videos and like we said he had mentioned a girlfriend but he, like, we didn't really know anything about her. So this is a very, very odd thing. Uh, to kind of like finish this off, one of the things, uh, there's, a, there's a Where is Kenny L. Veach Facebook page that's still up uh, and people are still actively searching for him. They think that he's out there in a cave or something like that. Um, one of their posts did say that it could have been that Area 51 grabbed a hold of him and that he's mm -hmm. actually still locked in Area 51 and we need to find out if he is. If he is, you're not going to get him. Uh, but also they said that maybe he found, this was, this is from there. I, this is not a direct quote, but this is, this was essentially what they said. Uh, they said that he, maybe he found the M cave again, went in and it exploded him. M cave ultra. Exploded. Uh -huh. They used the word exploded. Exploded him. Yep. Okay. So if you find the M cave, you might just find a, a splattered man all well, over the cave. I, yeah, kind of exploded, man. Here's a wild speculation theory. Please, mm -hmm. yeah. So you remember how we talked about Dolce Base and the underground tunnels? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, so, and remember how we mentioned that they apparently have an underground transportation system? Well, maybe he found one of the forgotten entrances to the transportation system in between Dolce Base and Area 51. And that's why he felt the vibrating because oh. it's like, it was right above or right around the, I don't know, transportation tunnels of the hyperspeed trains. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, he just went down the wrong tunnel, fell right into the transportation tunnel and just exploded. Exploded, <laughs> that's when he exploded. He got hit by a high velocity high speed train. alien train. I did want to say is there is there an alien based theory out there for him specifically this? yeah I mean there are some people that are claiming aliens like on reddit and stuff like that which I mean it's Nevada you can't claim anything other than aliens well and also area 51 is not the furthest yeah. away and this happened near a military base not area 51 but it was a yeah they're all area 51 but <laughs> they're all the same thing <laughs> Uh, one thing I did want to finish off real quick, just about the girlfriend, just kind of as a finishing thing. She has not made any statements on this in over three years. She has not made a single statement about it. She hasn't tried to look for him. She is not part of the active Facebook page trying to look for him. She doesn't really care, honestly, is what it seems like at the end of the day. I'm not going to say she did anything. I'm not going to say she wasn't his girlfriend. But what I will say is she doesn't really seem to give a shit. So in terms of her statement and in terms of how she just kind of went about her life like very quickly, I'm also not going to say how everyone should grieve or anything like that. But I definitely think it's strange to just shrug it off and be like, yeah, it was suicide. 
Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, one of the things that I will say is him talking about the vibrations in the cave and how it freaked him out. It is a known thing that caves sometimes do have vibrations. They go pretty deep in. Sometimes they have weird little atmospheric effects. I mean, as we saw with the snot tight, sometimes there's just bacteria <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. Um, one of the things that can happen is people can, if they're in a cave for too long or if it gets too hot or something like that, which could have easily happened to beach. Uh, you can start to feel vibrations that are kind of minimally there, but you'll start to feel them and notice them more over time. And these can cause uh, a little bit of panic and they can cause you to not so much like hallucinate, but they can cause you to definitely lose sight of where you are, kind of start to freak out a bit more. The vibrations can seriously affect you and make you think that you're being affected physically, even though you're not. So they really, really play games with your brain heavily uh so it's a possibility that what he found is a cave that had that and that maybe he was really tired i mean this was obviously something that was not close because if it was close he would have been able to find it very easily so wherever it was it was i mean days of a trek and no matter how experienced you are you get tired it just happens so there's a possibility there was that that's the only thing i saw or that's the only thing that i i guess put in here or didn't put in here but that i thought of that sounded realistic a lot of most people's are like he got eaten by an animal, which is possible, I guess. That's doubtful. Um, but I mean, he could have. But he got eaten by an animal. He fell into the mine shaft. He committed suicide in the mine shaft. He committed suicide in the cave. He was found by the government and then taken because he had found some secret experiment, which they also claim is obvious by the fact that the military knew that his truck was there because his truck would have been along one of their routes, supposedly. So they would have known that the truck was sitting there for days at a time. Aliens. So why didn't they <laughs> report it to anybody? But he used to leave his truck there all the time. So it, they probably, if anything, would have noticed the truck. So, yeah. yeah. Going back to what you were saying about the vibrations and things, I was watching a video earlier today that talked about um, infrasound and how it occurs naturally and that also causes vibration, feeling, uh, uneasiness, paranoia, sometimes visual hallucinations. Um, But an interesting thing about infrasound is that we as humans know how to recreate it. So going back to the whole government theory, it's possible that that was a way to, um, they wanted to create infrasound as part of an access denial system to deter people from entering a place. And what I heard from this one video was that um, this access denial system, oftentimes what the military will do is create these vibrations to actually produce heat. So it's like an uncomfortable kind of hot feeling to keep you out of somewhere, which now I'm wondering, is that why the Mojave Desert's so hot? It's not naturally that hot. It's definitely the government just making vibrations in the desert or something. They're vibrating the whole desert. They're vibrating the whole (laughs) desert. And um, then another thing that I heard of was that another theory is that M Cave is real and that it is a dumb. Have you guys heard of that? Yes. A deep underground military base. That's that's part of the Dolce Base thing. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah. They call Dolce Base a dumb. (laughs) Dumb, it's a dumb. And we have talked about uh, infrasound before on a couple of episodes yeah. as, as theories for that. And that's actually one that came to mind as you guys were talking is the, I mean, caves are so far underground. I mean, it would make sense that, at least in my brain, that a cave could produce something like infrasound naturally or unnaturally. Oh, really? I mean, the government really does have a secret entrance to their underground speed tunnels. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely nothing natural. Like, I don't know, the core of the earth 
moving and these holes are direct access to that sound. No way, definitely No. Not. It's <laughs> aliens. <laughs> all right. So that is, that is Kenny Beach. That's all I have on Kenny Beach, at least. Unless yeah, more. same. I yeah. like how we went from underwater to the desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. So the final case that, at least that I was interested in talking about was the case of Everett Ruiz. Or I've also heard his name pronounced Roos, but I like Ruiz. Um, and this is a strange case just because this individual was so unique at a time when I don't know, westward expansion and the adventurous spirit was kind of calming down and people were moving more into the cities and taking it easy. Everett Ruiz was born in Oakland, California in 1914. His father worked in the prison system and his mother published a literary journal. They were very well off and Everett wanted to explore the West and his family absolutely catered to that idea. And when he was 16 years old, that's when he first started off on these adventures, which I think is a ridiculously young age, especially in the early 1900s to send your uh, kid off yeah. into the wilderness. Yeah. But he did. And he explored all over the place. He went to Arizona and Utah, Nevada, Colorado, just everywhere by himself for months at a time. And as a way to finance his trips, he would paint and he would write and he would create create these, um, not ink blot, but <laughs> like those where you carve out something and then you put ink on it and it makes an image, uh, something, something type. Anyway, um, um, and he would do um, the what are those called? It's driving me crazy. It's just, it's just printmaking, isn't it? Those prints are actually still famous and are still being sold to this day. They are sold all over the world and he is an internationally renowned artist because of those. And so he would send those back to his family and they would send money back to him and he would go from post office to post office in these remote locations. He was also, um, just to kind of further illustrate the strangeness of this rich kid going off into the wilderness, he met people like Ansel Adams and um, Dorothea Lange and went to UCLA for a semester, but all he wanted to do was be out in the desert. So in 1934, in November, he was headed from a town of, I think it was Escalante, and he was headed towards the Colorado River and never was heard from again. This is where things get weird. Four months later, a search and rescue team was dispatched and they found absolutely nothing. There were a lot of theories about what happened to him, like he was potentially washed away in a storm because flash floods are really notorious in those canyons, or there were stories that he was killed by one of the Escalante town members who didn't like him, that he just disappeared. Some people say he went off to live with the Navajos. Some people, I mean, aliens, who knows? Nobody knew what happened to this kid. And finally, in 2009, these, um, these Navajo came to uh, this guy who was writing an article, I think, and said, our grandfather on his deathbed said that he helped bury Everett's body. And so they went and looked in this little cave area and they found a partial jawbone, they found a saddle and belt buckle and things that were appropriate of the time and thought for sure, this is Everett Ruiz. And his family fully believed that it was him and they thought that the mystery was solved, but that is not it. 
They also found some of his belongings in the entrance of a cave, and they found his burrows that he would often take with him to carry all of his materials, things like that, but they never found him. And were the bones actually his? So as part, since this is a Colorado connection, some of the bones were sent up to CU and were DNA tested and everything, and it was kind of inconclusive. But then they said, oh my gosh, it actually is a match. They matched it up with one of his relatives or something. And so they thought for sure the mystery is solved. But then it turned out that there was contamination in their sample and CU had to fess up and say, yeah, we actually messed up on the test and the test yeah, is inconclusive. <laughs> I know, come on, CU, geez. So then the US Air Force actually, I don't know why they had access to the remains or anything like that, but they did their own tests and they said conclusively, the bones are not Everett Ruiz and in fact are probably uh, just an indigenous person that was buried in the desert, which was common and everything back then. So who knows what happened to this kid? Dang, what a story. Yeah. Well, and he was really cool because he, uh, a lot of people find fascination with Chris McCandless, the kid who went up to the, um, the bus in Alaska and mm -hmm. the into the wild kind of situation. And Everett was very much like that in in that he changed his name he went by um lon rumo for a while and then everett rulon and then eventually throughout the desert he carved nemo into the, the i don't know the stone or whatever which has since been washed away thanks to lake powell which is super lame because now you can't even see his engravings boo. in there yeah. boo lake powell come on, nature come on <laughs> <laughs> that was not nature. Humans did that. That was stupid. Oh, you said Powell, yeah. 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 Um, but Nemo means nobody in Latin, and also they think it might have been a nod to his favorite book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So that was pretty, pretty cute. But nobody knows what happened to him. And hmm. uh, oh, I did watch um, a video earlier today, and this guy called Arnold Alvey was the last person to see Everett alive. And the whole, from his disappearance in the 1930s up until now, where the video was in 2019, that the whole town had this cloud hanging over them because it was assumed that someone in their town had killed him. And I don't know why somebody, or why something like that would hang over a town if it weren't true. Yeah. But I yeah, don't know. I read that he was supposedly, uh club to death is one of those stories that had yes. been brought around is that someone had seen him running from three people and that they clubbed him to death and then left his body there and then he was buried underneath the rock. did anybody ever search the cave that they found like his stuff inside of i could not find anything about anyone doing any searching of that area and it seems like of course, back in the 30s, they didn't really have forensics and they didn't have, this was even before the time when they would like, draw chalk around someone and be like, hey, there was a body, see? That's, <laughs> it's like they, they didn't even have, it wasn't even sophisticated enough to do that. So they, yeah. uh, I guess they just thought that he disappeared into the wilderness. But yeah, the, like you were saying, Cameron, one of the biggest theories was that three Ute teenagers clubbed him to death and then the Navajo later buried him and 
Um, it was interesting too, because the grandkids of this, the Navajo man said that he had a, I think it was cancer. And he felt that telling this secret that he had been holding on too long would help. And he actually did end up recovering and living for many years after. So I don't know, aliens or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. All right. Let's talk about missing children. Yay. (laughs) Everyone loves that topic. This is a kind of famous, kind of fallen into history uh, type of story. It was popular for a long time. Uh, It was a story about the boys of Hannibal and how they may or may not have disappeared into a cave. Uh, These boys were Billy and Joey Hogue, I believe, uh, and... They were brothers, ages 11 and 13. And then there was also Craig Dowell, a friend of theirs, who was 14. This case happened in 1967 and was huge when it happened. It ended up bringing in like a whole town's worth of people for an effort. Mm -hmm. So lots going on. Uh, They essentially were playing out in the yard and they were told stay in the yard, which they didn't do because they were boys playing outside. So Surprise. why would they? Typical. Yeah. And they ended up going to explore the nearby woods and nearby area in general. And this caused them to disappear. And then I read, I think it was roughly, roughly two to four hours, somewhere in that time frame. They, everybody found out that they were gone and that they had completely disappeared. So immediately a search was just, put together and everybody just went out looking around. Uh, They couldn't find them in anywhere nearby. So then they eventually jumped to the idea that these boys had gone into the nearby cave system, Murphy's Cave, which is pretty expansive, has a ton of openings and isn't fully explored either. So like still or just at this time at this time, I don't know how Murphy's cave is now. Um, I do know that a lot of Murphy's cave is covered up, which I'll bring up here in just a minute. Uh, So, they went out and they went into these caves and they started exploring every area they could find. They looked for the boys everywhere, screaming their names, trying to find them. And they just could not find them. Um, then they, they thought about something that was happening nearby, which is that there was the construction of a highway happening nearby. Now what this ended up leading to is them finding out that a cave in had actually happened somewhere in the cave due to the construction of the highway earlier that day, but nobody knew what time that had happened. Uh So very, very scary in that sense. Uh, But on top of this, on top of that happening, and nobody would be able to get through the cave in. So if the boys are in the cave, that's where they would be most likely. So that's one of the worries that people have or had. Uh, And then on top of that, the construction workers were building the highway over the cave which meant they were covering up openings of the cave with the construction and with the highway itself. So this highway, I think it's highway 70 in that area uh, is built over the cave, which is also don't build things directly over a cave that you know is there. That's how sinkholes happen. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's how you just lose a car. Yeah. Bad idea. Um, But anyway, so once they found this out, they immediately had to have the search party destroy the road. (laughs) Uh, so they had the construction workers try and figure out where each one of those holes uh, was, and then they, they tore it out. And they just looked all over for these boys. They did not find them. 
they never even found a trace. They never found like a path that they could have gone on. They never found any of their clothes. They never found any of their items. Like they never found a single piece of any of the boys. Hmm. So very, very odd situation, very creepy situation. And it reminds me a lot of you guys. I know Ali's seen it. I don't know if you have said The Outsider, Stephen King, the HBO show. I, I, didn't I haven't that, actually. There, there's like this whole part in there about boys getting lost in a cave and then oh, a cave yeah. in happening yeah. and these people That's getting trapped forever. And that was immediately, I was like, okay, there's no way King didn't pull from this because it's the same situation. It's mm. the exact same thing. It's really interesting. Um, I looked it up, but I couldn't see if it was actually connected or not, but weird coincidence if not. Uh, but yeah, it's just really, really strange. They they literally searched every known area of the cave. So anything that they could find that had an opening, they looked. There are some people that are positive the boys were not there. And there are some people that still think the boys are in there. But there was also a cave-in. And in a cave-in, sometimes you just don't get to go in that area anymore. So it's impossible to know who's there and who isn't. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's really terrifying. But I know, Ali, you found something that... <laughs> Is even more terrifying. More terrifying. Uh, yeah, I saw that there was a book uh, released in 2020 called Souls Speak, Missing Children Reveal Their Serial Killer from Beyond. Okay. Um, so basically this book suggests that the boys were victims of John Wayne Gacy. Um, Ooh, okay. so for those of you who don't know, he it was a serial killer who killed what was it like dozens of children mm. and yeah he was insane so basically this theory says that gacy encountered the hannibal boys near the caves um he apparently offered them a ride home and then drove them to a nearby wooded area killed them and then buried them um i i didn't really see who said that or much information as to why but that's the theory in the book i guess i didn't read the book <laughs> Um, the author actually wrote another book on this subject called Lost Boys of Hannibal Inside America's Largest Cave Search. So, like, he had already done research on this topic before. Um, but the thing that brought on the second book is that while he was doing signing tours for the first book, he actually heard from multiple unrelated psychics, psychics in multiple different cities that the boys were victims of Gacy. Oh, so the psychics said that. Yes. So this oh, isn't okay, based good. on his research or anything. This is oh, really based okay. on uh, what was narrowed down to three specific psychics that he actually individually, I guess, drove on that highway, and they all took him to the same spot, allegedly. So was Gacy, like, in the area at the time, or did they... Yes. Okay. So it is a plausible theory, but it is. it's still a psychic theory. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the story with that is, is he was living, oh, I didn't see what town, but he was living somewhere nearby, and his mother was living in a town on the other side of Hannibal. And so I guess that in order for him to get from this place that he was staying to go see his mother, which I guess he did often, he would drive directly through Hannibal. So... Which is in Illinois, yes. for people who don't know that. And Gacy's crimes were mostly in the Chicago area. So Yeah, so like it, it could make sense. Um, 
but, but the whole thing's kind of founded on a few psychics and the author is like there's no way that they're lying because none of them were you know like they didn't know each other and i had multiple different people tell me that john wayne gacy was involved and that's so terribly unfortunate that they had psychics as his proof because that's actually a very legitimate um possibility that, yeah. that if they didn't have kind of the hokey sorry to any psychics out there but it just <laughs> that that immediately throws off the whole like investigative feeling of things when you yeah. say oh a psychic told me it's like oh boy here we go so i guess like another piece of like actually grounded evidence aside from the psychic said so is that um when the massive cave search was going on in 1967, people reported um, in Hannibal that a mystery man had been hanging around for several days near the near the cave openings. Um, so he wasn't a local, nobody knew who he was, but he was kind of just chilling over there a lot. Um, but this guy disappeared, disappeared once the um, cave searches started. So not a local as in not Gacy or did people know Gacy in the area? I don't think people knew Gacy because he wasn't mm. saying in Hannibal itself. So they didn't know who this person was, but he was apparently there before the, the boys went missing and then he wasn't there after. And so I guess, <laughs> but then just like going back down that psychic rabbit hole, apparently some of the psychics said that the mystery man was him, was, was Gacy. So yeah yeah i don't Possible. know was it caves was it gacy was it both who knows <laughs> was it gacy in the caves or was it just it in the caves Ooh, it the clown Gacy yeah. the clown okay so clearly stephen king is stealing stories from this case in general got it okay maybe just it does kind bit. of sound like a little bit um i mean stephen king has pulled off of quite a few things. The only thing I have a question of though is, was John Gacy killing in 67? I think he was, because weren't his crimes sure, between yeah, 65 and 71 no, or something? No, they were between 72 and 78. Hmm. That's my thought. What? Yeah. Well, if he pulled these off and the bodies were never found, that's an impressive first case. Well, if he pulled these off and they didn't find these bodies, I mean, he has seven unidentified victims right now. Hmm. But they were all supposedly killed in 1972 or later. Hmm. So it wouldn't make sense for Gacy to have killed those boys. And Gacy's origin story for killing is pretty well defined. I already know a lot about Gacy, unfortunately. I love how you uh, said origin story, like he's a Batman <laughs> villain. That makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I shouldn't word it necessarily like that. But I mean, like he's in reality, not cool. Don't be a serial killer, you guys. <laughs> it doesn't pay. We, we're <laughs> pretty sure he killed his first victim in 1972. Uh, pretty positive because it was one of those things where it was not an accident, kind of an accident, you know, serial mm. killers. Uh, <laughs> but I've never heard that he had anyone that he killed in like before that. The only thing with him was he was accused of sexually assaulting one of his employees in 1968. And then he but was in prison for 10, or he was sentenced to prison for 10 years and then got out. But that wasn't even in 67, like that was a year later. So I don't think 
he I mean it's hard to say with killers though too because you never actually know when they start yeah but right and like he's gonna be honest about when he actually started I don't know that one that's the only discrepancy for that is I don't think he would have killed them in 1967 he was still married and he was still living kind of a different life at that point he had only kind of just begun his issues by this (laughs) by like the mid to late 60s so I don't know. I mean, maybe though. It is a possibility. I just don't yeah. see a young Gacy who's not experienced in killing, luring three boys in and getting right without anyone noticing. That's right. the problem. I have the logistics. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I really want to think about those logistics, but <laughs> yeah. I and I don't think he would have gotten away with that that easily because he was also a murder one at a time kind of person. He wasn't really a I'm going to grab three people and just go for it. So regardless of the kids or not, I mean, they're the right age. He killed roughly 12 to 14 year olds consistently, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess most of this kind of just goes off of the fact that he was living um, in Waterloo, Iowa in 1967. And his mother was living in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Hannibal is right in between the two. So I think, I, I guess that's mostly what they're going off of, is that he was technically in the area, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to find out they were kidnapped and killed by a serial killer or anything like that. I mean, that wouldn't be shocking. For sure. But not someone who's not experienced in that. And again, I don't like wording it like that, but that's the way it is. Is In truth, serial killers mm-hmm. don't just start with a bang unless they do it by accident. Like they usually start slowly and three kids in one go in the middle of a small town, that is not slowly, especially not where construction's being done on a highway. Mm-hmm. That's not- Yeah, in the middle of a day. Right, that's not an easy grab for him. And he wasn't really just like out in the open about killing people like that. So I don't know, kind of a weird thing. Uh, I mean, it sounds more to me like they didn't really dig too deep into it. He just kind of accepted that the psychic said that it was John Wayne Gacy. I mean, how can you but turn I mean, down what, if the, you're, what the psychic says? If you're going with there being a mystery man there, uh, I mean, why didn't you look into other things aside from John Wayne Gacy? There's no way Stephen King did not pull from the out from this case because I just thought about that. The whole point of the outsider yeah, is there's, there's no an way. outsider there while all of these events are happening. Mm. Son of a bitch. I mean, he might have already said that he did. We might just <laughs> not have looked that up, but I'm kind of curious if if Stephen King or anyone <laughs> he knows, might have had that. Know, let <laughs> like, me know. Just in the back of the book, by the way, I base this on a story and Cameron, I can't believe you're not going to realize that until you're recording a podcast. I do. I, if that's the case, then I would like to apologize because I haven't read the book. I only watched the show. So yeah, Uh, I have done neither. So we'll just wildly speculate then we'll just be just like the psychics and just wildly speculate. Cool. Yeah. That is interesting though. It is interesting that multiple people said, John Wayne Gacy, or it's interesting that the author was tricked into leading them towards saying John Wayne Gacy. And writing a book. So, because if psychics are good at anything, they're good at reading people. And that is a well-known fact. So, they'll pull information out of you. And if you know truth, and if you know that one of the most notorious American serial killers was living or commuting in the area, of course, that is such low-hanging fruit. Of course, you're going to go for Gacy. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call out that discrepancy a bit though, just because it's kind of a heavy one. <laughs> anyway, 
moving forward. Mm. Yeah, uh, moving forward out mm -hmm. of specific cases, uh, there's a there's a conspiracy theorist um, active currently <laughs> uh, who thinks that the like all of the cave disappearances are caused by cave cannibals. Ah, uh, good old cave cannibals. Yes, cannibals. Mm. And uh, so basically this person has taken like uh, the, the maps that we're going to put in the newsletter, uh, the ones that show like a map of disappearances in the U.S. and then you kind of compare it to the maps of cave systems. And so this person is claiming that there are a network of cannibal colonies that live in deep, undiscovered caves, and uh, they just kind of, you know, take people whenever they can. Um, Fun. She she does mention missing four one one. Oh yeah. You know, is kind of what I think ignited our interest in this for this episode. <laughs> I also just love cave disappearances. So well, yeah. To be fair. Uh, so she she's saying that the Bigfoot noises that you hear are actually cannibals uh, communicating oh, with each other. Cannibals communicating. They don't have a, a, a language. They just Bang scream. On sticks and scream. No, see, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it seems like she is not just calling them cannibals. You know, like they're not just normal people that eat people. They are like feral savage humans like completely primitive mm. who also mm -hmm. eat people i'm gonna say that she might have watched a little movie called the descent she does mention that four of course she five does. She knows about that. times <laughs> yeah maybe she watched it a little too much well um it's it's one of those situations you know where she's all like you know if you want to know what i'm talking about the descent does a really great job of showing that there it is. you know so yeah so she just kind of thinks that there are What's her Cave name? People, I don't know. <laughs> you write her name. So she mentioned the descent. Did she mention Wayward Pines? Because that's. Uh, have you guys seen that? I haven't seen I have it. Not watched but, Wayward Pines. Um, I don't think okay. she mentioned it. Watch Wayward Pines. At least the first season. The second season is kind of crap. It's just ugh. Okay. <laughs> the 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 apparently from what I was reading, it was not supposed to go beyond season one. But just yeah, watch season one. So I mean, like she has mentioned. The Descent and Missing 411, you know, two things that I guess could ignite a conspiracy theory such as this. But I think it's funny that she calls them just cannibals. Cause just cannibals. She's describing something a lot more than just a cannibal. <laughs> right, because your everyday average cannibal is not some feral thing that doesn't have any language. They're very eloquent, um, you know, Hannibal. Just yeah. You know, they just they eat people. Snappy dressers, you know. Yeah. She, I don't know, it's kind of hard to argue with her. Uh, her name on TikTok is Dan the Dingbat. So that's a good, mm. good source, good mm. reference there. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got on that one. I have, <laughs> there are many uh, great scholarly articles by Dingbats. I just wanted to bring up, uh, moving along from that, Unless you guys have more about cave cannibals. I don't, other than you can watch The Descent. It's pretty good. Second one's not as good, but first yeah, one's Yeah, it's all right. Um, so I just want to talk about one cave, specifically like a, a certain cave that's a, a little creepy. Mm -hmm. I found one called uh, Malheur Cave 
it's it's like a, it's a lava tube cave and it's owned by the Masonic Lodge of Burns. It's in Oregon. Oh no. Oh, I already <laughs> hate this so much. <laughs> uh, for decades, this, this uh, lodge of Masons have been holding annual gatherings in the cave. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's led all kinds of conspiracy theories and mystery around the cave. And yeah, it's, it's pretty creepy. So it's, it's a 3,000 foot lava tube. So it's kind of like a, a, a dome, you know, perfect for cults and shit. Um, it's also been used by local Native American tribes and early, settler, early settlers and all kinds of people. Um, it's really creepy. I, there's pictures, I will add them. There's like a, uh, what do you call it? Like school gyms. The, Amazing. The, the layered seats. Rafters. Uh, no, oh, oh my gosh. Bleachers. 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 Yeah. <laughs> There's a huge set of wooden bleachers in the middle of this dark ass cave. Ew. Uh, there's like random burn marks all over the place. Uh, it's, it's just from their popcorn parties. I still stand by <laughs> that. That's just what they do. It's, it's said that masons from across the country gather within the depths of this cave. Well, I would like to go ahead and recommend that the Masons across the country that do that uh, might want to rebuy the domain name for BurnsLodge.org since you yeah, can it's buy a broken that link. Now. Yeah, it's not broken. They don't own the domain anymore. Oh. Yeah, so the site doesn't exist anymore yeah, for that but, reason. Yeah, you know, there's also, you know, Native American legends around the whole thing because, of course, there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, yeah. They Why say not? that Natives believe that the cave was a passageway to the underworld. And... Of course, there's satanic ritual theories and devil worship and all I, that fun stuff. I would just like to contend that caves are passages to the underworld because you they it's quite underworld. literally are L- literally passages are. Yeah. to so, the underworld. Yeah. I'm just going to say that people are not wrong when they say that. It's absolutely <laughs> correct. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, and there's also a theory that this cave is connected to an underground tunnel network that it's spi- that spans the entire country and there it is. connects wow. to other caves owned by the Freemasons. Da-da! Uh, is that where the underground bullet trains come in? Yes. Could nice. be That's where the, entrances. the Bigfoot's feet, whatever, where they're traveling through. <laughs> since there's also that theory. That I mean, Bigfoot it, it really doesn't help caves. that this cave literally has a, a Masonic compass affixed to the outside. They just try to claim everything. They need to calm down with that. Yeah, it's just a cave. <laughs> it's it's a cave. Give it give it back, land back. Give it back to the indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. Go put your bleachers somewhere else. Like rent out one of the old AMC theaters that no one's using anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's apparently currently um, not. It, it's closed off from everyone. Yeah, it's uh, on privately, including the Masons. It, it looks like it's just permanently closed at the moment. I don't know if it's just closed by them or what, but it apparently has been vandalized, trashed, and graffitied. So, it's- oh yeah, there's a Masonic gate in front of it mm-hmm. now. So I mean, this article that I read was from 2018. So, so. you cannot. Well, this was put up in 2019. Ah. So you cannot go in it right now unless you are part of the Masons. They have a nice gate that looks to be 
very good at keeping people out since it looks maybe about three feet tall. Mm. Um, and, oh, very difficult to jump. Yeah, so you don't want people, don't want people going in. Kind of like the Vortex Cave. We, we don't want people going in and doing stuff. You know, but on, if you ask the shopkeeper really nicely, he'll give you a key. On the note <laughs> of just finding like abandoned AMCs, go graffiti those places. Quit graffiti <laughs> caves. Yeah, right. Seriously. Leave, leave my caves alone. Leave nature nice. alone, you guys. Come on. Like, use Confederate statues for that instead. Goodness gracious. Exactly. Please no. don't. I'm not condoning any sort of vandalism. No, we are not condoning. We are not. Vandalize any of those statues or any of the AMCs for charging too many dollars (laughs) for their tickets. (laughs) Now we know Cameron's, what do you call it, cares in the world. Caves. Yeah. Definitely. Caves and hating AMC. AMC. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, Cam did work for AMC. Did work for AMC. Briefly. Oh, okay. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. Anyway. So speaking of uh, native tales, maybe we can go over a couple of the more solidified ones that don't just kind of demonize natives as people who think (laughs) caves are portals to hell. Yeah, can we not? Because first of all, hell is not real. Let's just establish that, especially if you're indigenous. We don't believe in hell. Um, So one of the stories that is actually near and dear to me because of my, my people is the Pueblo. This is common among several different tribes, but Pueblo, Hopi, Navajo. I know I've heard several different creation stories that echo this same story. So a long time ago, we lived below the earth and then the time came for us to emerge. We climbed a ladder up to the surface where Masa, the caretaker of the earth, told us that the world is a gift and we need to protect it and care for it. Four people were sent to all corners of the earth and they walked and they walked until they were supposed to find the center place. That was never, they were never told exactly what the center place was, but they were told to look up into the sky and there would be a sign. And one of the things that they were supposed to do on their trek was to carve a symbol to show how far they had gotten. And this symbol is a gigantic swirl. And you see that in um, geoglyphs all over the world. It's, it's just yeah. a, a big swirl, which I thought immediately when I was listening to this story, I got goosebumps because as a kid, I always drew that. I'm sure everyone else did, but I felt special for a second. So I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> It's a sign. It's my people speaking to me. Um, Even though I wasn't raised in the culture, I'm sorry, everybody, if I'm getting this wrong. So then, um, apparently, this sign in the sky happened. I don't know what that sign was, but it was a bright light. And the people found their place to settle. They all came back together. And they went to this place I think called Chaco and that's where they shared knowledge and ceremonies were performed and these ceremonies are still being performed to this day. But I've also uh, read some interesting stories that the entrance to this cave is known by some indigenous people and that eventually one day we will have to go back there. And I don't want to know what has to happen to the earth for us to get to that point, but I want to know where that entrance is so that I can go and I'm bringing you guys with me. Um, but, you know, keep your bags packed. You never know when a sign from the sky will happen again. And we might have to go back right. into the cave. We might be getting close to that. Yeah. yeah. I know. I yeah. know. 
<laughs> Get your go bags ready. We're going back into the earth. <laughs> We're going back into the earth, you guys. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful story. And yeah. it, it also, I know that a, a lot of conspiracy theories talk about the world under the worlds and how this is an actual creation story that people, this, we really believe that that's where we came from gives me hope that there is a world under there and it's not as bad as this one <laughs> and maybe we'll go back and it'll everything will be okay i am hoping yeah maybe one day maybe Just one day sarah will lead us to the world beneath yeah. the world yeah there is a strong vetting process so uh get your cvs ready now please yeah first qualification listen to all episodes of conspiracy what <laughs> <laughs> A great and thing. subscribe to the newsletter yeah subscribe to the newsletter and also five stars on um apple podcasts and every other podcast you can five yeah stars. give us Otherwise, five stars not on the list you, even if you don't like us remember just give us five yeah. stars there you go. And tell us why you know let's put so, it this way you're, 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 our, our list of salvation is everybody on the list. <laughs> the it's list. like a bribe but Oh, man. It's a bribe for salvation. We don't have to leave that in. Um, uh, it's, it's a vetting process. I want to make sure we're getting quality people down at, in the, the earth. <laughs> All right. Uh, are, there, are there any other stories we wanted to tell? Do we have anything else that we need that we wanted to go into in this episode? It's aliens. It's aliens. Always aliens. I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, I did want to bring up one thing just for fun, uh, just to kind of show the diversity of caves and really have this how this works because like i think a lot of times when people think of caves they think of just rocks and sometimes water right but caves are extremely diverse they are they're, they're very different across the world and it, depending on which part of the world you're in or which part of the country even that you're in they can be very very different um one one of my favorite examples of this is the uh probably gonna butcher the name but the song dune caves which are the uh they are the caves in, is it, it's in Vietnam. Oh, these are the Vietnam caves? They're the, the jungle entire caves. jungle underneath the earth? Yeah, so because the forest is percolated into these caves, mm -hmm. they are gorgeous and just teeming with life. Mm -hmm. And it's just the example of how, like when you look at some of these older stories and things like that, the, like there are caves across the world that are completely different than what you'd ever imagine a cave to be. And I've seen multiple caves throughout my life too, and none of them are the same. They may look similar in a lot of ways, but none of them are the same. That's one of the really, really cool things about them. And remember, you're always standing on top of one, most likely. Stop saying like, that. You just oh, are. Man. That's just life. That's just, I mean, at least we don't live in Florida where it just swallows you at any given moment. Well, it also happened true. in Mexico. It's happened in China. It's yeah. like, are we're just due for one, I guess. I don't... <laughs> That's a, okay, see, I didn't put it like that. I didn't say <laughs> that we're just due for one here. So there's not really... This is kind of a different one because I don't think we need, like, like there's multiple cases here. So it's like we don't really have, like, one set conclusion, right? But, I mean, unless you guys do, unless you guys just think it's aliens for every single one of these disappearances, or maybe it's werewolves or big feet or... Yeah. the masonic lodge throwing their popcorn parties and someone wanders in <laughs> and they can't have that so whatever you think it is well i i am i mean the only thing the only conclusion that i have is that uh caves seem to be a lot more expansive and horrifying than we have ever even been able to tell 
you never know if something is going to open up and there's a whole new part of a cave because caves are also ever evolving. Mm. The earth moves, water happens. <laughs> water happens. Water happens. <laughs> earth moves and water happens. Put that on a yeah, shirt. I want that on a shirt. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, it kills people and that. <laughs> Earth moves, water happens, and it kills people. All right, I'm ready. Put that down. really small lettering, though, just to kill people. <laughs> um, so that's my conclusion. I, I will just say, I guess just like if we were to go over these really fast, I think Ben McDaniel, I think, was in a lot of trouble, and I think his case is very suspicious, and I think he probably didn't disappear in the Vortex Cave itself, but might have been killed or grabbed by someone that he either owed money to or whatever. I think he had a lot of shady things going on. That's what it sounded like. You don't easily owe the IRS $48,000. So yeah, I think that's a little bit weird. Uh, Kenny Veach, I, my brain that watches too many murder documentaries really wants to go towards uh, Sharon Pilgrim here just a bit, just because I think it's weird. And she seemed to know a lot of details and very, very specific on a lot of things. And she never really, it seems, helped look all that much, but maybe not. And I don't really want to assume because I don't know that full story. But what I will say is that I don't think he committed suicide. I think either he, like, I think maybe an accident, like he fell into a cave or something like that. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, things can happen very fast and things that you can't get out of. Uh, the Everett Bruce case, I think is really weird. And I honestly don't know what to think about that. I think that's very strange. And I think it's also just kind of a symptom of those times as well, where it was also kind of easy to just disappear. Just mm. to be honest, it's kind mm -hmm. of like the 1800s through like the 1950s. You could walk outside and be gone forever. So that was just kind of the weird things. And he was a big explorer uh, with the three kids. I think they died in a cave in, to be honest. I think either that or they were you kidnapped. You think the psychics were right? I don't think the psychics were right. I don't think John Wayne Gacy in the early part of his quote unquote career was was able that? to grab because serial killing is a career unfortunately it is, it is something a full -time job. it really is it, it is and it's it's not a career that i'm saying anyone should have don't do that uh <laughs> especially like the last guy that we talked about in our last episode who tried to murder people to stop earthquakes he failed and he killed people you didn't help anyone so yeah they never do uh and also the cave cannibals obviously anyway yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We already, we already know what I think about the Freemasons. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with you on the Ben McDaniel case. I don't think that he's in the caves. I think that he went missing elsewhere and the tanks were put there as a ruse and kind of to create a red herring um, and that he's just gone, gone. Or wait, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Yes. And then um, the Kenny Veach, I don't know, that one is kind of tricky to me because if he really did have a history of depression, if his dad really had committed suicide and things like that, it's entirely possible that he did take his own life somewhere out in the wilderness. But more likely to me, since his phone was just found at the, the mouth of this vertical mine shaft, was he probably fell into a mine shaft. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I want to add to that real quick. One thing I do think is really weird is I couldn't find the search party footage from when they dropped the cameras into the caves. If anyone mm-hmm. knows where that is, I'd be so like elated to watch that because I really wanted to find it because the difference in where those ladders are also kind of weirds me out. And I want to know if that, if how, I want to know what that looked like when the search party went to go look because I don't think it's something they would have thought to look for. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to think to look for multiple ladders. I only just really barely thought about it when I was watching the two videos. So I don't know, but yeah, I just want to add that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he, he also could have just gone down there, left his phone at the top just in case he went missing and then hoped people would find him down there. And then people got lazy and just sent a camera on a rope and that's it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's down in that cave maybe. I mean, it really could um, be. It's kind of like like God. the lowering the camera on a rope is honestly like if someone is lost at sea and you just go to the beach and you're like, I don't mm, see him. I don't see him. So yeah. yeah, it's a lot more to explore there. Send a drone out <laughs> over the ocean. I don't know. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, as far as Everett Ruiz, I choose to believe that he uh, met one of my great ancestors, one of like my great grandma or something who's indigenous. Um, and they got married, and I am his great-granddaughter. That's my hope. Um, You're just channeling him. I'm just, I'm channeling the power that is Everett Ruiz. I don't know, ever since I found his story, and we'll post the, the book, too, that I read, but I've just, I can't stop thinking about it. I think it's a fascinating case. Yeah. Um, but I'm a terrible storyteller, so I'm sorry if you guys got bored at that part. But um, I'm his great granddaughter. I'm saying, um, and then the kids in the, yeah, with all the construction happening in the class, I'm kind of with you. I think that they're down there, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I hope that's the case, and that it wasn't a serial killer because I hope the cave collapse would have been a easier transition into the afterlife for those poor souls. Yeah, that's um, that's true. Yeah, and then cave cannibals. Uh, I'm never leaving my house again uh that's what i have to say about that and yeah, I think I'm the rest was aliens my state parks pass because i don't need anymore <laughs> I, yeah Mm-mm. i would be furious if like the ground opened up underneath me i fell into a cave and then i survived only to be met with cave cannibals <laughs> livid i'd be You'd so be mad just angry <laughs> just God damn it. Furious. Just like send one Snapchat, like if I could get it off. Just like, <laughs> like damn. Gotta be kidding me. I survived a fall into a cave only to be met with cave cannibals. If that's not a t-shirt, that's already. So this episode. <laughs> Check the merch store. I'm just kidding. That's it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely but not. But it's not it. <laughs> Yeah, this is there's... just the beginning. We could have we could just talk about cave disappearances and weird cave shenanigans. This is forever. just kind of like the things that you get when you look up cave disappearances. Like these are the top search results. We will circle back around at some point. We can just do like yes. a cave disappearance episode every like six months. Yeah. <laughs> I also am obsessed with caves, whether it be underwater or just regular caves, just because I'm terrified of deep cool. water. What? I'm terrified of open water. I'm not terrified of enclosed water. That's uh, worse. No, it's so, way worse. I, yeah. I can tell you it's way worse. Okay. I am a very average swimmer. I'm a good swimmer. <laughs> and... <laughs> And 
I've been in the open ocean. I've been in pools, which definitely all have sharks in them. And exactly. I have been swim. I've been snorkeling in a cave in Mexico where it's completely pitch black. I've, why didn't I tell this story earlier? I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> Cameron just gave me a look like you gotta be freaking kidding me. <laughs> As we're going along, like your face is down in the water, your back is up and there's just a little bit of space between you and the top of the cave for you to breathe. And the guide has this industrial light that he shines down and at the very bottom, probably, I don't know, it seemed like it was miles away. There's a massive cave down there and I immediately panicked. I was like, for sure there is a monster down there and it's going to eat me. All of that to say that water caves are the scariest thing in the world and open water is not the scariest thing. So you're wrong, Cameron, I'm sorry. That would be terrifying because I consider that open water because that's so deep. But like, if it's just like the tube, as long as there's not like giant eels in there, I'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway. Happy summer, you guys. Yeah. Happy summer. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you believe in all of this or some of this. There's a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. There's more. Send us your cave disappearance stories. Just in case people want to know, just in case you guys ever want to ask us to do an episode about these. We also have on here multiple question marks uh, like yetis, vampires, hermits, it's gods, cavemen. So there's a whole ton of stuff we could have explored that we have yet to explore with this. Like I said, I plan on circling back around at some point just because there's more stories to tell, more things to investigate. Uh, and there's always cave disappearances, unfortunately. There's at least uh, 12 every year worldwide. So, yeah. So that's fun. But yeah, let us know what you think. We have social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and we are on Instagram. We also have a Goodreads. And there is technically missing 411, which kind of does fall into this category, right? So, yep. yeah. So we have all of that. And our uh, newsletter. And the newsletter. Subscribe to that thing. And there's lots of pictures for this one, so. Oh yeah, a lot of pictures. Keep an eye out for that one. There's also a lot of books, so it's gonna be a long Goodreads list this time. Yeah. All right, well, uh, until next time, I'm Cameron. I'm Allie. And I'm Sarah. And for everyone else, all of our other hosts, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Remember to always stay stitious and do not go spelunking without a partner. Or certification. Know what you're doing. Okay, buddy.